Hey, what's up? It's The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. It is a game day for the Fighting Illini. We'll do battle in-state college, 5.30 Central at the Rec, at Rec Hall. I want to call it the Rec Center. Well, that's what the Rec Center is at SIU. That's what, it's the Rec Center. This is like the little gym at Villa Grove. That's what Only holds 6,500. <laughs> it's sold out. I hope it would be. Well, I would <laughs> <laughs> that's the listen that is about as max as they can get for a sellout yeah though. i know they're not going any higher than that i don't know what they're getting in bryce jordan <laughs> on a given night but it will be a unique environment the place that they used to play both men's and women's basketball for a decent amount of time bryce jordan arena i think it's the bryce jordan center technically yeah opened in 1996 or thereabouts and they've been playing there ever since but they're about to play their first game at Rec Hall since 2015. From the looks of it, it, it reminds me of, of Huff Hall as far as size. And it's going to be interesting because I think the fans are going to be very, very, very close to the court and how that whole thing goes. We'll, we'll see what environment that looks like. I'd imagine Penn State's amped up. Yes, they're oh, yeah. not playing for a whole lot at this point in the season. But they've been feisty. They did get beat in their last game by a bunch at Nebraska, that was a 68-49 to loss. That was without Kanye Clary. Officially now, he's he missed some time earlier in the month where Penn State reeled off three straight wins. They won at Rutgers, they won at Indiana, and then they came back home and beat Iowa. So they've pulled off some wins. Even in January, you go back, they beat Wisconsin in State College as well. But without Clary since being dismissed, they got blown out in Lincoln, but Knowing how Nebraska's playing at home, would the 98 Bulls win uh, at Pinnacle Bank <laughs> Arena this year? I'm not exactly sure. I can't say with too much confidence. So uh, we're getting into that home stretch of the regular season. Six regular season games left for the Illini. They're in the thick of the Big Ten title race. A win tonight would pull them exactly one game behind Purdue and then returning home to face Iowa and Minnesota back-to-back. So just don't have the letdown after the nice win at Maryland. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. We'll get into more of the matchup as we go along, but opening thoughts, guys, Illinois, Penn State tonight. What do you make of just kind of a different venue, and will that play a whole lot of impact in terms of what Illinois faces? I think it does. I think it will play a little bit of an impact because, you know, that would... I can't imagine, like, Illinois playing a home game at Huff and how just ridiculously crazy the crowd would be. It would be almost cool to play one home game at Huff and just let the students, like no nobody else can come in, and just just be crazy in that environment. I think it will be a crazy environment. I mean, we you know the one thing we always kind of forget, and it's great that we're forgetting this, is that Illinois is ranked twelfth in the country, and you can remember like through those gross. I know we want to try to forget some of these uh, years through the gross, but when when you're not good and then you bring a ranked team in, it adds to the height and it adds to the excitement excuse me of a game wanting to pull an upset and you know they'd love to pull an upset there because they just have to take one step and they're all on the court <laughs> they're at midcourt yeah. they're at midcourt right so I just I find it interesting that they do this I mean I I, th- I personally think it's kind of cool but in the day of money it's interesting that they would do this but it just shows you that they they don't they don't draw a lot of anyway, anyway to the basketball. And their football what averages, what, 110000 That's where they make their money. So it, it's, it's, just, it's funny that like, the football team can get, can get 110000 
and the basketball team hopefully can fill up 6,500 or whatever <laughs> at this place. But yeah. I do think it'll, I think it'll be a fun game for both teams because this will be like going back to a high school environment, right? right? Yeah. So for a lot of these Illini players, it'll be just like going back to a big high school game. And I think they'll have fun with it and step up to it. But I think Penn State's going to be pretty excited to, to play this game and, uh, and have a chance at an upset of a top 20 team and, you know, a top 12 team in the country. So I, I think it will make a little bit of a difference. I, I still – I won't give it away, but I, I'm still not as worried mm-hmm. about Illinois getting things done because of Clary. That's a huge, huge storyline in this thing because when he gets hot – I mean, he's not Jameer Young – but when he gets hot, he can knock down threes, and he can do it with you in his face. So without him out there scoring 16, 17, that puts a lot of pressure on Ace Baldwin and, and other one, and you know everyone else on that Penn State team. But you know they've added a couple of guys that have not added guys, but they've started to play a couple of other guys that have given them a lot of uh, good basketball lately without mm-hmm. Clary on the court. So that's the one advantage Penn State has tonight. They played a while without Clary. So this isn't like all of a sudden you don't have Shannon tonight. They've played a few games without Cleary, so I think that helps Penn State coming into today to this game. Yeah, and it's not the traditional Indiana squad they went in and beat Assembly Hall, but they were without Cleary in that game sure. and, and put up a really fine effort, especially offensively. They were bombing threes, and that this team has the ability to do that. I know that Cleary, like you said, they're he's their leading scorer or was their leading scorer for a reason, seventeen a game. In addition to be able to shoot it and get hot, like he was one of the quicker guards in the Big Ten. And we've talked a lot about Illinois' ability or inability at, at some inopportune times to stop the dribble drive and how guards with this team can be a problem of keeping them out of the pain and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I know that Illinois is coming off a game which they let Jameer Young do his thing in the first half, but really it was encouraging in the second half and in particular in the closing stretches to make things tough and not allow him to take over. And Terrence Shannon had a lot to say about that and – I want to ask you guys as we go along, would you put Shannon on Ace Baldwin? Would that be your your ultimate matchup? I think that Shannon probably will see a decent amount of, of him tonight, but I would like to see at some point, if it's going to happen, for this defense to come back to where they were earlier in the season, we're going to need to see Ty Rogers pick it up defensively. We're going to need to see a little bit more consistency out of Justin Harmon at the defensive end. We're going to need to see better ball screen coverage and having Coleman in the right spots and making the right reads and when to come up on the shooter and, and where to be as far as too far back in the drop. I know we've talked a lot about that, but this Penn State team is capable. It was one of those things, and I I feel like I get caught in doing this when I write my previews. I go back and watch certain games. Yeah. I didn't watch, admittedly, I didn't watch their game against Nebraska where they failed to even score 50 points. I'm yeah. sure I, I would have probably had a different feeling if I watched <laughs> that one versus I, I, I went back and saw the Indiana game and then some of their game against Iowa, and I came away. I'm like this. This could be a tougher challenge than I would have thought. Uh, so it just it depends on what version of Penn State you're going to get. I do think it'll be an amped up one in this environment. And for any, I know there are some people out there complaining about Illinois having to go to just a playing in a different circumstance where every other team. Well, I guess outside of Michigan, Michigan and Penn State for a home game played at the Palestra instead of playing at Bryce Jordan. Nice. But to have it a little bit of a unique set up although this it's not like this venue has never hosted basketball games yeah. before so it's it's been built for that in the past are the rims going to be crooked or is it going to be a, a non-temperature <laughs> awesome. control environment where it's 100 degrees in there like so on and so forth as long as the rims are one 10 rim feet doesn't and have a net. straight and yeah you got 
then I then I'm not as concerned uh, about this for Illinois and how dare Penn State try to actually have a home court advantage. So yeah. like I I think it's cool and Brad talked about it. We'll play some of Brad Underwood from yesterday where you've run into situations that your last couple of road games, Michigan State was doing a reunion type of of game with they brought I forget which team they brought back. Oh, Mateen was there. Is so, that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if he was just there, but I know he was there, so that may have been that championship team. Yeah, they had a reunion for for that uh, as far as in East Lansing and a, a pretty good environment, obviously, which it was would have been anyway because it was yeah. Saturday and a big one uh, at Michigan State. They lost last night to yeah, the Hawkeyes. About, about we'll the talk Hawks. about that uh, wow. as we go along. And then, of course, Maryland with the T-shirt, mm-hmm. which uh, Coleman famously wearing. <laughs> on uh on tiktok or making his own music video but <laughs> you know brad was asked is it, is it how do you feel about kind of being a a game that people are circling when There's you come no to doubt. their building it's a good it's a good thing to have it's, yes. a, it's good to be in that position does it make it tougher yeah but you should be built for that especially if we're talking about illinois having the chance to to win a big 10 title right. or go deep in the tournament like they should be able to handle this and I, I think they're. I, I think they will handle it well. But I do think they'll have to play well tonight because Penn State, with the way they play, if they're if they're bombing threes or if they're turning you over, that's one thing that they do really well. That's something that could cause Illinois some issues. I think it's better than being the homecoming choice every season. You know that teams are, right, are, are yeah. using you as a big game instead of using you because they know they're going to beat you. So like We I, joke about that with Illinois football. <laughs> right. Illinois and Rutgers probably in football getting that a lot. <laughs> I think Illinois played in three or four homecoming games last season. So, yeah, in that sense, I do – I think you mentioned Ty Rogers and Terrence Shannon, and I have no issues if Shannon's checking Baldwin, but I think this is the perfect time for Ty Rogers – with Ace Baldwin. They're kind of built like each other. Ace isn't especially fast. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a lefty. He's smooth. He can take you inside. And he can also hit a three, but he's a guy that, in my mind, that Ty Rogers can stay with. Not that Ty has ever had an issue with a quicker, but he has a little bit this season. And I'd rather almost Terrence Shannon check like a, a, a young or someone like or a boo-boo, et cetera. But I think tonight the one thing I would like to do is have Ty on ace and then I would have Shannon on Hicks. He has become one of their better players with yes. Clary out. Hicks has 53 pointers this year, and he has caught fire from the three-point line and doesn't mind taking him. He's taken 150 threes on the year. He's hit 50 of them. So you, you look at that, Ace Baldwin has hit 40 um, and obviously a, a better percentage than Zach Hicks. But I would love early on to see Ty checking Baldwin, and I'd, I'd put, I would put Shannon on Hicks and just shut him down. I think that's what I would do if I'm – and I'm not worried about Wahab underneath. I mean, you know, that does nothing for me. He'll get you about six points, grab about six rebounds. You know, he's big enough that he's going to – He's been around forever. He's been around you? forever, and he'll do some things. But, you know, when you, when you look at this and you take out a guy like – Clary, who was averaging uh, 30 minutes a game, 17 points, three rebounds, three assists, and a steal. You're taking that production out of this lineup. That's You should win this game if you're Illinois, despite playing in a smaller gym or despite this team being up for Illinois, et cetera. I think that's just a huge advantage for Illinois not to have to face Clary tonight. Lindy offers up a good question on the U of I line on the text line. With Lon spitting out stats, who did the research for him? 
You know what it is? Is that I in in succession I've had to play against in my fantasy Baldwin and then Hicks. So I've been able to watch a lot of Penn State, probably more than Pipes actually. You Penn probably State have basketball until last night. Yeah, <laughs> so, maybe even afterwards. <laughs> That's a good call though, Lindy. Touche on that one. Yeah, but, but yeah, Zach Hicks <laughs> when they played Michigan State, and that was a game that Sparty was in control of yes. last week. The entire game, they jumped on Penn State early. The, the Nittany Lions made it look closer, I think, at the very end. It ended up being, I think, an eight-point win for Michigan State. Malik Hall went nuts in that game. Mm. Boy, it'd be great to see, like you said, a Ty Rogers who can kill them on the glass, but a real bounce-back, breakout-type performance from Quincy Garrier would oh, be much yeah. needed and give people some confidence here. But, yeah, Hicks, as a transfer from Temple, knocking down the three at a high rate, had five against Michigan State last week hit four and scored a season-high 19 points at Indiana earlier this month and was just taking him with a bunch of confidence and, and can really find that stroke. And even though he went one for seven against Nebraska, he's still shooting 47% from deep this month. So that's very much within his capabilities. Nick Kern is a good player, yep, not a three-point shooter, but uh, another transfer similar to Baldwin from VCU who followed Mike Rhodes. Uh, good athlete, good talented slasher that uh, I think – defensively too can cause some havoc and, and that's another thing I want to talk about too is just the way that Penn State's going to attack Illinois defensively with their press and trying to turn Illinois over but it, it kind of reminds me this is kind of built like a a feisty mid-major team because you think about Baldwin and Kern coming from VCU Hicks from Temple it's a great call that, that's just really what they they've pieced themselves together to be and while I, I think that on paper Illinois talent wise and size wise is going to be able to to have advantages, but uh, this is a this is a team that has some athleticism and it is a team that is going to try to attack you, similar to a, a mid major squad with you know trying to turn you over and press you and, and do some of those type of things. So that will be interesting how it plays out. And tonight will be the night where you'll watch. And if you haven't watched Penn State basketball, Leo Boyle or O Boyle will get in the game, and you'll be like, "Why is he in this game? Why is he playing college basketball?" You will say that tonight. Yes. And you will be like, you know what? That guy can probably drink a lot of beer, but why is he playing college basketball? Because he just does not look necessarily like a guy that should be playing in the Big Ten. Oh, boy. That's got to be – his father's got to own a bar or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, in Ireland. Oh, Boyle. Yeah. I mean, that's got they, – they probably have like a great, great grandpa that started a bar <laughs> in Ireland some 200 years ago. So, I credit to him. I mean, I'm jealous already that he's going to take that over one day. But, yeah, I, like, I mean, I just think this – Illinois just needs to come out and do, do its thing tonight. And you can't – this late in the season, when you're fighting for seeding, you've got a chance at a Big Ten title. You've got a chance to get that half game back on Purdue tonight to be only one back. And you just can't – you can't lose that chance, especially when they're basically giving you their leading score off the court tonight. So, uh, Illinois has got to get it done I want to see, obviously, the continuation of Terrence Shannon with what he is, especially this last game, but, but what he's kind of been building up. Coleman's been kind of quiet the last few games, but still playing good basketball, winning basketball. That'd be the way to say that. Mm -hmm. And you're right about Gary A. It seems like Coleman and Gary A are two guys that are, are kind of ready to explode. And, and if you look at it on the other end, and they're going to put, if they put Wahab on Coleman, I mean, or Garrier, whichever you're going to do there, those guys are going to take him outside all night and have wide open threes. And that's going to really open up that lane for Shannon and Damask to do their thing. So 
I know Penn State in the past has always kind of given us fits. I was reading your three picks in a key today, and it was funny that like in the season series, Illinois is only 22 and 11 against Penn State, where you feel like it ought to be like 28 to four. But there were a lot of those years where they had those really good guards that always seemed to knock Illinois off. I personally think this is a good matchup for Illinois. I think the big men can bring Wahab out, and if they if he doesn't want to come out, then they can feast from the three point line. And if he does, they don't have a lot of thick size. They've got athletes, but they don't have a lot of you know like a guy like Kern or even Hicks, like especially Hicks. He's a kind of a thin dude. So I think Damascus could, could play some booty ball tonight. And do really well with that. And I think Shannon can get in that lane and do some things as well. And I think Ty Rogers could do some stuff. But I'm sure if Ace Baldwin's checking him, that'll be a that'd be a fun one to watch tonight between those two if that's actually who they decide to pair against each other. That would be fun. I would like to see that right off the bat. And then if it's not working and Ace is doing his thing, then you switch Shannon on him and go from there. Yeah, good point. On the note of the series, you go back to 2016. Since then... Penn State is nine and four against Illinois. Oh my goodness! Who were some of the guys? Frazier? Did they have like a Frazier? Yeah, they had a Tim Frazier. Tim Frazier. Yep. They had, of, of course, course. The, the brothers. Oh yeah. Um, oh come on! They they were on Big Ten. One of them was and on now Big he's on Ten ESPN. Or yeah, on ESPN. Anyway, and then who was the guy you were about to say? Because I could John Crispin. John. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The is Crispin. It, brothers. The Crispin brothers, and then Taylor Battle. Taylor Battle. Yeah, they just had. It seemed like, I mean, Frazier could put up. It seemed like thirty-four points if he wanted, and Taylor Battle could do the same. That was amazing. That's right. Well, the, even even those Lamar Stevens, Tony yes. Carr teams were tough. They were. I remember going to State College the year that the postseason ended up getting canceled. I felt bad for that Penn State uh, team. They were ranked ninth in the country when Illinois beat them wow. there. That was the the mic'd up game, Pat Chambers and Brad Underwood. Oh, and that's I, right. I was at the game, so I wasn't listening at the time, but I think Chambers in the huddle said, make Io go left. Yes, And then Io goes left and, and <laughs> makes the, like essentially the game-deciding shot. But that was a team that was in a, a pretty good – Role and could have been a dangerous out in the tournament because they were, like I said, they were a top 10 team. Were they really that good? Probably not, yeah. but they were a ranked squad. Was Clark the bigger guy? Was he kind of a shot blocker in Car? Or, oh, Tony no. Carr was Tony a, Carr. like a 6'4, 6'5 on the ball guy. Who was a guy they had forever that was like a, now this is going way back, so never mind. He, I'll ask our listeners, who was the guy that I think he played four years, he was their center. And he blocked a crap load of shots for Penn State. Mm. So I'll, I'll see if uh, first one in gets a free bottle of water. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling genuine. I'm trying. Genuine. G- generous? Generous. That, 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 is, genuine. that is genuine. <laughs> I was trying to think back of who was on the Penn State team when they won, what, 38-33 against Illinois? Oh, my goodness. Back in, uh, what year was that? Oh, we, we forgot. Do we have to year. remember that? that Sorry, I know that some people right? thinking that. Or back no, that was in, Chester, right? 20, let's see, 2008, 2009. Ugh. It was 38 to 33, February 18th. Taylor Battle, Jameel Cornley was a 6'5", 240, Gee, like linebacker playing for them essentially. And yeah, who would have been on the Illinois squad? It, yeah, it would have been Chester. Trent? Probably Trent. Demetri McKamey, Chester Frazier, Trent Meacham, Mike Davis, Dominique Keller. 
They scored 33 points. 33 points, yeah. Didn't that team beat Gonzaga? Mm. Or was that the next year? I remember Dominique Keller went nuts against Gonzaga one year. Yeah. That Illinois team actually was a five seed in the tournament. Can you imagine? 33 points? A 38-33 loss. Oh, my. Didn't kill their resume that bad because they – they were 11-7 and seven in the league, 23-win team going into the Big Ten tournament, and then they lost to Western Kentucky oh, in the first round. Yeah, they were up 10 or whatever. Yeah. Or no, that was Virginia Tech. Right. They were up 10. In the Brian Randall corner three. Yes. With your lost, season on the line. We lost to Western Kentucky. Two games. Two wins. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. Two wins. Uh, a 508 says he Calvin it. Booth. It was na- Calvin Booth. Uh, John Amici's a good one. He was a good player. John Amici was more of a four, it seemed like. But I'm going with Calvert, uh, Calvin Booth. Gifford Garion on that one. I'll see him tonight at Salt Fork. Lindy mentioned Rich McBride. There was another Penn State game. Right, that was they, the one we lost on. A, McBride hit the shot, but it didn't it count. after the buzzer. Yeah, and it was low scoring. I remember being way up in C-section, <laughs> not knowing the – not having the luxury of the – they didn't have the big video oh, board. No, they're right. showing the replay. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> going crazy, and then they're like, "After review, it did not count." Like, oh. Those were some low times. Oh boy, let me tell you. But low even low times. Yeah, early, late John Gross, early Brad Underwood. Penn State won at one point six in a row against the Illini. Wow! Before that win that I was talking about at Penn State, Io and, and company sixty two fifty six. Illinois then won four in a row, and then of course everybody remembers last year. Penn State pulled the three-peat, beat <sighs> Illinois in Champaign, in-state college, and then in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> that is just – that's hard to believe. I mean, really, that's hard so to Illinois believe. So, Illinois kind of owes them. Yes, we do. And tonight, let's get that – let's make sure that happens. Are we only, We're only playing them once this year, right? That's right. Okay. Well, get it done. Get that half game back on Purdue. And then let's have a fun finish with five games. Would, would it be five left? Five left after tonight, okay. yep. You'd have Iowa at home, Minnesota at home, at Wisconsin, Purdue at home, Boy, at Iowa. That'd be nice to get this one and have two home games to really get on a roll going into Wisconsin, who edged Maryland last night at home 74-70. So, um, yeah, just mm. – Blackwell is back for them, which – isn't huge, but he does some nice good stuff. Season. He has off the bench for Wisconsin. He'll be an all-freshman pick. I would agree. And we can talk about Wisconsin later. But, yeah. I want to talk about Iowa, too. Yeah. They're playing better. My guy. You know my guy. You me last night about him. I'm, yeah. like, pining for Peyton Sanford to get at least second team all Big Ten. The dude, he's good. He's got the quickest shot you'll ever see in your life. It's, and it's it, up there for sure. It is so fast. And he's just he doesn't look like anything, and then he still gets some six, seven rebounds a game. He hits three or four threes a game. He's usually scoring sixteen to twenty two right in that range. Plays pretty solid defense. And he's smart with the ball, you know, good passer. I, I like him. He's I just, a good player. I just think he's 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 of course he will he won't make first or second team all big ten. No. I get that. But I think he's definitely an honorable mention guy. Or what? What would we come next? Third team? Do they even third do team, that? Yeah. Third team. Okay. Third team or honorable mention for sure. And what's Iowa eight and eight now in the conference after that win? Sounds right. I think making Mich- their push. They're still on the wrong side of the bubble. Yeah. They're like eighteen and thirteen. Is that right? 
Did I see uh, that? 16 and 11. Oh, 16 16 and 11. 11. Okay. Eight and eight in the league. I was going through their resume a little bit last night. They did lose at home to Michigan. That's a terrible loss. Oh, my goodness. That's worse than losing, like, what was the team, Northwestern? Who'd they lose to? Chicago State. That's, that, that might be worse. They, those might be in the same quad, right? <laughs> Both quad four, quad five. That might be worse than losing to Chicago State. If you don't know, there is no quad five. Yeah, right. Well, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about the Big Ten picture as we go along. Again, the results last night, we can visit on those – We'll also hear from Brad Underwood, a little bit maybe from Ty Rogers even okay. at some point too. He spoke to the media yesterday about gearing up for this game, about the idea that Illinois is once again in the Big Ten title race down the stretch of the season. Before we catch a break, though, I want to get Kyle's thoughts. Kyle, the just the atmosphere tonight, the different building, what, what do you make of that uh, as Illinois gears up for tonight's clash against the Nittany Lions? I think it makes it for a tougher game. I'm feeling some weird vibes coming from it that you're playing at this rec hall gym. I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I, I also think there's something to it. Like this Penn State team's in the first year under their new coach. Their, their season is over at this point. But they've had this game to circle. Like, okay, this is a ranked Illinois team, and we're going to have this cool, small environment where we know we're actually going to draw a, a big crowd, and it's going to be energetic in there. Like – I think they're going to come to play. So I think Illinois better not sleepwalk and take them lightly tonight. I, I think the environment paired with just kind of the whole idea of doing this throwback game, I think makes for a, a game I'm feeling a little weird about. That's fair. I think that's fair to feel. Yeah. And I think I agree. you, what was that like a, like three years ago when Penn state jumped on top of Illinois, like 24 to Six. Do you remember that? I game? do remember that. Illinois yep. that was won the, the game. 2020-21 season. That Illinois was a one seed. Yes. And they went there and they were immediately down, oh. like you said, maybe 16 points or something like that. Because I remember I was at, it was our old studio, and I was there right after, and I had to go, I think, to a basketball game that night, so I had a little bit of time to kill, and I was watching it, and I'm sitting there thinking, we're not going to get beat. We're going to get crushed by Penn State. And Illinois was sitting there playing for a Big Ten championship. I'm like, wow, will that sting when we look back on this one? But then to Illinois' credit, they came back and won that game. So, I don't know. I could see Penn State having a good start tonight, being the, the atmosphere, et cetera, of where they're at. So, it could be interesting. It could be. Let's get your thoughts on the U of I Atlanta League text line. How are you feeling about tonight, Illinois at Penn State? And just in general, as we're going into the stretch run of this regular season, one game – Back at Purdue, if you do win tonight in the Big Ten title race, we'll talk more about that as we go along. Once again, we'll hear from Brad Underwood and Ty Rogers before we get out of here. There is an ESPN headline that I want to oh, bring okay. up. Okay, let's play that game again. Derek and Piper. then we'll have, of course, the daily update on Cody Bellinger yes! from Kyle Tosk. Now that you've signed somebody else, I don't think Belly's coming. Wait, what? what? Who'd they sign? They signed some minor league outfielder. Yeah, he's. Oh, oh okay. They don't See, have I like just now. throwing that stuff in just to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was the immediate reaction though, because somebody I forget who it was somebody tweeted like it was David Peralta. I think they That's signed who a it minor was. league yeah, deal, Peralta. and one of like the big reporters tweeted out the Cubs have agreed to a deal with David Peralta, and then everybody starts retweeting like <laughs> Belly's gone now. Belly's gone. This is what we're settling for, Tom. What are we doing here? So <laughs> then it's like, oh, it's a minor league deal. Jack Crow Armstrong the third. Pete Crow. P- 
Pete, whatever his name is. Yeah. He's going to be your outfielder now. I hope he is. He's a stud. He is. It's time to get him in there. And who's the kid you traded for from the Dodgers? He's going to be your first baseman. Yeah, Cody will be. Okay. We'll hear more Sticking from Kyle it. on the topic as we go along. <laughs> We've got to catch a break. We'll talk more Illinois-Penn State when we return. This is The Drive. <laughs> get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. This is Starla Carr with Provident Financial Group. There's no one-size-fits-all retirement plan. Finding the right plan for you depends on many factors. The good news is we can help you improve your retirement readiness, whatever your situation. Contact us today at 217-366-3456 or find us online at ProvidentFinancialGroupLLC.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Did you just get engaged? Then this is the time for you to start putting together all of your wedding details and intend the Inspire Your Wedding Showcase at the Orpheum Champagne, the historic and unforgettable downtown wedding venue. You'll get to enjoy sweet and savory bites, specialty cocktails, design ideas, tablescapes, and so much more. On Saturday, March 23rd, let us take your dream day to the next level, making it a magical experience for you and yours. For details, visit inspireyour.com. Is your birthday in February? Well, get ready to rev up the celebration. Clay Dooley Tire and Auto is giving you a free oil change during your birthday month. That's right, a special treat to keep your wheels spinning smoothly as you celebrate another fantastic year. Don't miss out on this incredible birthday offer. Schedule your complimentary oil change at either the Champaign or Bloomington locations. Since 1917, Clay Dooley Tire and Auto has been your go-to for driving with confidence. Thank you for choosing two men in a truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomenandatruck.com for your free estimate. Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do, too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our rewards cashback checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so simple. We bet you're doing most of these things already. With Rewards Cashback Checking, you have access to Reward Saver, which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to 20000 Reward yourself with free Rewards Cashback Checking and Reward Saver, a few of the many ways Fisher National Bank invests in our customers. See monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com. Fisher National Bank. Exceptional communities. Exceptional people. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Chris Jackson with Kramer Siding and Window. 
And whatever your project, you can count on Kramer Siding to offer you the best products backed by the best warranties in the business and a lifetime of great customer service. And right now, you can save 10% on roofing, sunrooms, and decks, get 15% off gutter helmet, and you can save 25% on preservation siding, windows, and doors. So call today or visit us at kramersiding.com and let's get started on your project. Looking for a place to host a corporate meeting, intimate gathering, or a large-scale celebration? If so, the University of Illinois' Alice Campbell Alumni Center offers the perfect space and staff to make your function a success. A few rooms offered at the center include the elegant ballroom, the Richmond Family Gallery, and the premier and professional executive boardroom. For more information on renting a space at the Alice Campbell Alumni Center, visit uiaa.org alumni center or call 1-800-355-2580. Go Illini! being the uh, stressed word there. <laughs> Maxwell wants chain link nets for the game tonight. That'd be cool. That would be kind of cool. I said I'd love to see a college basketball game played without nets. Because we've all I done it, right? Oh, man. We've all been to like, uh, like in Villa Grove, they have a little, they have like an old tennis court that's got basketball rims. And every year for Ag Days, we would always have to get new nets and put them up. But while we were doing that, you'd take a couple jump shots at the empty, just the rim, right? Oh, that's it's the worst. so weird. I hate it. It's it just plays with your mind. It's There's so times weird. you don't even know if it actually went in or right, not. Right, that's the problem. They'd have to stop the game twelve times to make sure it went in. You have to get up like a uh, the hockey light, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then a dunk, like you'd like rack yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, in a bad way, you'd yeah. like you dunk and go straight down, and you're like, ow. I mean, yeah. Are you talking be, about what you're going to have with the pole? Like, you're actually going to do a no, I mean, playground the, style? The ball would go right through oh, the yeah, rim. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't just, get caught. Got right, you. yeah. Gotcha, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. You'd have to do easy dunks. You know <laughs> but I, th- I do think the chain uh, nets make a good sound when the ball goes oh, through yeah. on a nice swish. We'd have four guys breaking fingers tonight. I know, that does get caught in the, in the, the, the net. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. A couple others have waited on the U of I Atlanta Link text line on the note of tonight. Lindy says, Illinois starts on a 15-4 run and destroys mm. the crowd, if not look out. Okay. Wes says, as much as I'd like a stress-free game, I want to see how this team reacts when the opposing team jumps out to a lead. Seems like we've had a bunch of fast starts all year, which is good yeah, I was gonna <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to last season when we talked, oh, Illinois is down at the under-16 media again. For- that, 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 what, what do they always say? Uh, first world problems, you know, that, that, that's like a, that's a great problem to have that we keep. I know Wes understands that, but yeah, it's, for sure. it's kind I of know. a funny thing. It's like, gosh, dang it. Quit starting out so hot. Like <laughs> one time get down. Yeah. I'd, I'd be okay. Not getting down in this game. I'd be okay with that. Kevin says Illinois by 14. He's feeling good. Two one seven. I think Ooh, we going punt. wreck them going pun. You better give him one. 
Kyle, you got to give him one. He wrote the headline for all other journalists out there. If Illinois does blow the them out. I wreck Line the Lions. Inquire. I'll put that out there in my I column. Love I love it. Illini tame the Lions. That's it is one. funny. I, I know. it. Kind of You can be kind of corny and lame with them, but <laughs> who it's does, not a bad one. Who does the headlines for you guys? Warner always oh, he does comes okay. up with them, yeah. He's I, pretty good at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never like I've never read one on your Inquirer site that I'm like, ooh, that's a little off. Of course, I don't really honestly, you know, look at headlines on a daily basis. But I do have one for you real quick. All right. Before we jump into more basketball, on ESPN today, Fields tired of trade talk, quote, just want it to be over. Yeah. Are you have you finally come to the realization that he's gonna be gone? So he unfollowed the Bears on Oh, Instagram, did he really? Oh. And he got asked about it on the St. Brown Brothers podcast. So Amonra and Equanimous. Oh, yeah. I said that terribly. Amonra is how you say that? I honestly yeah. have never known that. I um, thought it was Amon St. Brown. Amonra. Amon I've never heard the Ra. So he talks about that he's about to go on vacation, just wants a break from it all, doesn't want to Amen. see any football, is tired of seeing, which of course you're not getting out of the Bears account, right? official account, but a lot of comments and opinions everywhere you look as far as people pining for Caleb Williams or defending Justin Fields and the argument back and forth and just trying to read tea leaves and people coming out with certain, I'm hearing this and whatnot, so... I'm tired of it as a fan, and yeah. I, I I don't know what to believe, although my gut and there's enough people that are sourced around the NFL that seem to believe that without some just undeniable trade haul that right. the Bears couldn't walk away from that they're going to probably pick Caleb Williams. So I'm starting to make my peace with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm starting to then also, although I thought of it the other day, I thought of you because oh boy. there's been talk of, you know, hey, Mike Tomlin's actually pretty high on Justin Fields and the Steelers brass is also pretty intrigued by him, which of course they're currently choosing between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> so I, I would get why they would be. I'd be high uh, on pretty much anyone. Interested in that. <laughs> so I thought like, would I would I dare become a Steelers fan? Oh, could, could Lon and I coexist if no. I'm like wearing a Justin Fields Steelers uniform now, into the radio? I say that now. Jason Thompson is a Steelers fan, but I only have to see him once, you know, every so often in terms of doing the show when he fills in. But he's the Steelers fan, so I think we. I don't know if we could do it on a daily basis. We'd have to not do NFL season. All right, again. all right. I'd have to be somewhere like I'd have to be in Florida. Yeah, you know from like a location that has a beach behind it okay That'd be the only way i could do it i could sure. be in the same room <laughs> i love how he, i love justin goes why do people take social media so serious i still mess with the bears this and that well then he ends up saying something like <laughs> you just because you don't follow a girl on instagram doesn't mean you aren't interested in her or, or messing with her as he said but this is different this isn't just some girl this would be like if i unfollowed my wife on instagram <laughs> and be like i just honey i I love you. I just don't want to see your stuff right now until we get some things figured out. I'm going on vacation. I just can't see what you're doing. So, Derek never has two cups of coffee in the morning. Uh, that's from a long time show ago. Uh, that would be that's a great analogy. 
Haley it's wakes not up just one the girl, day and all of a sudden it's the team it's you like, play for. Haley's like, why does Derek not follow me? What is he up to? Yeah. Oh, that would be. But of course, it's not Justin Fields' decision to make. If it was up to him, sure. he'd be back next year, and the Bears would be drafting Marvin Harrison after oh. trading down a couple spots. And even DJ Moore has come out very aggressively on Justin Fields' side. Has he? Well, that's cool, and you'd expect that, I would yeah. think. Although, I don't know. You do see some diva receivers that are absolutely fine with moving on from who they have. Oh yeah, a lot of times, <laughs> over, give them enough time with a certain quarterback, exactly. and even. Even Tyree Kill had stuff to say at the That's end. Crazy. Not necessarily maybe about Mahomes, but about the offense not mm-hmm. featuring him enough. But anyways. What would be the best – I mean, the best-case scenario, you get a one like next year for Fields. But what do you think realistically? A two and a three? Uh, well, I know what they're apparently wanting or that what's been reported. I think Ian Rappaport's come out and said that they would want – a one next year. What you have to swap ones with somebody, yeah, and then a one next year, maybe a a second this year and a second next year. Gee, money because the asking price should be even higher. Wait, are you talking for Fields or for the number? Oh, one I'm sorry pick? for the number one pick. Oh, You're about oh Fields? yeah, I was like, wait, some people are talking about one pick ones for, for Fields. Oh, a one for Fields. I don't, I don't, I don't know either. that's going to be like that. I don't either. I'd probably see say a second round pick. Unless somebody was, I was telling Kyle right before you walked in today. That, which just shows everybody my work ethic. I get her early. Um, what, I was one minute earlier in pipes. Anyway, the long story short is I told Kyle, I said, I wonder if, if a good team that needs a quarterback, so a good team that is picking late in the draft that was desperate for a quarterback and thinks that they can do something with fields, if they would say, okay, look, we'll give you next year's number one pick because mm-hmm. we know we're going to win and it's not going to be that great of a pick. Sure. But there again, you got to have a lot of faith in Justin Fields being able to keep you drafting in, you know, number 24 or below, essentially. So, yeah, I just, I think if, if the Bears could get a two or maybe a couple of threes, maybe a team has got two threes, then I think if I'm the Bears, I'm doing it, man. I mean, you're going to do something. You got to do one or the other. Do you dare draft Caleb, keep Justin one more season? I wouldn't. I don't think so either. I about said either, which would be strange. I'm, I'm not an either guy. I think you just got to rip the Band-Aid off and start the rookie clock again and move on. Of course, I've thought that for a lot of months, but I think a lot of that is I want Marvin Harrison Jr. to drop, and I don't want you taking him. Maxwell says, I say pair Fields with the ninth pick in the draft. The Bears, of course, drafting first with Carolina's pick and then ninth with their own to get Marvin Harrison Jr. But hmm. you'd have to see if the Patriot would the Patriots want Fields versus taking like Jaden Daniels at three. No, they don't. And want you're going to either have to trade with Arizona or understand that they're going to take Marvin Harrison right. if you don't get ahead of them. Right. The only thing I'm worried about in this entire draft is New England taking Marvin. That's it. That's it. How would they not take a QB? I don't know. But if they took Marvin third, or if they dealt with someone that wanted to come that's up and get Marvin. That's probably what it would be. That's th- that pick, that three right there. And listen, I'm a Cardinals fan. They're pathetic. Doesn't mean a damn thing win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Put, this, put them in this position. That they're not they're, they're it's it's a little bit nerve wracking, but and I think if they do that, now I'm torn. Do you just take Malik Neighbors four, or do you 
figure out how to trade down and have somebody come up to get Jaden or May, whoever's still available, I think that's what I would do. And then I'd take Joe Walt and have my book in tackles for the next 10 years. But, man. Uh... Maxwell adds, would the commanders entertain fields and nine for that second pick? I don't think so. You'd have to you imagine they'd rather take Drake May. Yeah. you, you got to remember Trade the money fields. thing, too. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. these, these teams have a chance, whether you're New England, Washington, Chicago, to reset that rookie clock and, and hope that a guy like Caleb or May is at least within two years a solid NFL starter, whereas within two years you're now having to sign fields to another contract with big money. Sure. So the money thing is really important in this. If you scratch that off, then it, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of figure out trades and stuff. But a lot of teams don't want to know that they're going to get fields and within a year have to maybe – what would it be? Two years they'd have to, right? Because he's going into his fourth year. Yes. So yep. he'd have two more years left on a rookie deal, which is still fairly. Could know. be affordable. They could yeah, affordable. play out his next year. Would they have to tag him after that, or would he have two more years in I the contract? you get five, right? Rookies get a five-year deal. Is it the option? You have to pick up fifth his fifth-year option, you gotta pick which up I the think option. you have to do this offseason. Okay. You have to do it a year in advance. Okay. Yeah, you got to. That's right. But that's that fifth year option still isn't very expensive, right? I think it can go up. I think they can make pretty good money, but it not climbs. Like, yeah, it's not like it can be when they're really good. Yeah, if they retained him this upcoming year, his cap hit would be six mil. That's not gee money. That's nothing. That's not bad at all. I don't know what his player option would be. And then you're right. 2026 would be unrestricted free agent, which okay. they could tag him then and yeah. extend out the time where they'd actually. Give him the master, the massive deal. You can tag a guy twice now. Is that right? Two years in a row? I think so. And if you tag a guy, they have to make in the top five of that position. So that is, a, that is a lot of money. Quarterback <laughs> position in particular. <laughs> I don't think anybody's tagging Justin Fields. But, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm sorry to talk football all of a sudden when we got plenty Sorry. of basketball. But uh, I, it's going to be fun. I mean, The 50-year option for Fields is worth $23 million. Okay, which is still nothing. Compared right. to what a quarterback now makes, forty to yes. sixty million, it seems like. Um, I did, this draft not only does it have the drama of you and I picking in the first four spots with the Bears and Cardinals, and the idea that we don't have to worry about Kyle and his twenty-first pick with the Miami Dolphins—that's wonderful. <laughs> so we get him out of the way. But then you've got these quarterbacks, and like this Caleb Williams. Like, how is this? How good is he going to be? And if he turns out to be a top eight quarterback in this league, then you're going to be glad that you did what you did, right? And the Bears are not far off. They're not that far off. That's why I have a hard time because I think it's very, very clear keeping fields and getting a haul for one makes you Ooh. in win-now mode immediately. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm not entirely I, – I have hesitation. It would be different if Caleb Williams had the season that he had, the Heisman season, right. this past year versus this year they didn't beat anybody good. Uh -uh. And he took a step back in terms of statistically. And there, the questions about him against good defenses and that whole kind of thing. I, I don't know. He's, he's a talented dude. He he's, he's really talented. He uh, does he have some, some diva characteristics – crying in his mom's arms. Do I worry well, about that? No maybe, that's, maybe that's a little bit too too uh, nitpicky, but uh, I, I just 
Is he a better passer right now than Fields? Or on par with him? He's not as elusive as Fields, but he can be elusive. I, I yeah, he can like, be elusive. The, the thing that I think some people are forgetting is that Justin Fields is a pretty darn good thrower of the football at Ohio State. Yeah. And they're, they're going to compare. Issue with DJ. The, right. They're going to compare what they've seen from Fields recently, which prior to last year, when Darnell Mooney, who might be a wide receiver three, was your <laughs> wide receiver one. You're right. And you had a terrible offensive line. You've had a subpar to, uh, at best, average offensive line this past year. You got actually DJ Moore finally that the situation around him wasn't wasn't very good. I, I get the whole money issue, but I'm not willing to totally concede that Caleb's already like a surefire better That's fair. passer, especially in the same situation. I would not want to be Ryan Poles. I, what could you get for that number one pick for Caleb Williams? You would get an absolute haul. Man, that's... You the- would. You've got to be asking think, teams, right? You've got to be saying, what would you give me for this one pick? Another thing that I, that I hate to bring up, but it's true, on the note of like resetting the quarterback clock, I think you kind of reset the GM clock too. Yeah, you're right. Because there's no doubt. Poles will buy himself more time yes. with saying, this is my quarterback, the quarterback that I drafted. We have to play this thing out and see who he develops into. Versus if he rides with Fields and if Fields isn't it or the team just isn't able to put it together when they're surely and, and very clearly in a win-now mode, then he might be on the chopping block sooner than if it's like, okay, let's see what Caleb Williams is through a through a four- or five-year window. That's a great point. Really, it is. That buys him time. That buys everybody on the Bears time, essentially. Who's your coach? All of a sudden, I can't. Matt Eberflus. It's yeah. all right. Not many people remember it because it's not a very memorable <laughs> head coach to have. It's not Mike McDaniel or you know a number of other offensive minds out there that you'd like to to be able to work with your quarterback. But exactly, I don't know. That, that's the thing too. I I'm emotional when it when it gets tied to to feels. Not that I just sit here and tear up and cry about it, but right. uh, I big fan of his game, wanted to work out. One of yeah. the most I was put in such an apathy situation as a Bears fan for a long time. And then they drafted Fields and I thought that they finally had their dude. And it feels to me in watching them religiously every Sunday that they have not done right by him and they it's haven't true. put him in a situation to be successful. And I still believe in his talent. I think if he goes to especially a place like you know, Pittsburgh is just made to win. Not mm-hmm. necessarily their roster isn't on offense isn't like spectacular, but they find ways to win football games. Yes, they can they upgrade at quarterback from what they've had. Maybe then he's in a situation where he's a quarterback to build around. Or if they go, if he goes to Atlanta, I would not be surprised at all if he's a dude wherever he goes next. If it's not in Chicago, that's fair. And I also like just because Caleb Williams can do some things like Pat Mahomes doesn't make him Pat Mahomes. There's right. a lot of the score first point right. guards that shoot deep threes that aren't Steph Curry. That's it. That's you know, that's so I think that's that's still in my mind too. So, that's anyways, at Fields, look, the Steelers won a lot of games with a big Ben Roethlisberger, and Fields is brutal to get down. Obviously, a heck of a lot more elusive than Ben, but Ben yeah, could sneak. Right. Ben could sneak a run in. He on could. You. He could. But Hard man, dude to take down. You had too. that's what I mean. Well, that's what I'm going at. If I'm not saying it correctly, like it took three guys to get Ben down. It takes two to get 
at least Justin Fields down. He's a big, strong guy. So that would almost play into that Pittsburgh style, wouldn't it? It would. Mm. And you I don't have to throw I a ton. Admit, I probably would become at least a passive Steelers yeah. supporter. So. Oh. Hmm. Anyways. All right, All we right. got to get back to uh, tonight's game. I know that uh, Wade says isn't there a basketball game to talk yeah. about. Yes, there is. West does maybe win early text of the day. Chicago would have Bedard and Caleb within two years. Oh, yeah, and don't forget Peralta. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves one. Kyle, come on, buddy. <laughs> you know Peralta's going to hit like eight homers against the Cardinals. I don't think he's going to make the team. <laughs> I don't know. If he does, it's a bad sign. If he makes the team, we got some trouble in Chicago. Don't worry. You got Matt Carpenter taking grounders at third here at the other side of the, the rivalry, so you're, you're good. Sonny Gray checks the runner at third, pitch to Peralta. Oh, boy. Deep to right field and gone. Second of the day for Peralta. Liner down the left field line outside the outstretched glove of Matt Carpenter. Who just moved. <laughs> As oh, I bet said Tyler O'Neill, as our left fielder is picking it up, Matt makes his first attempt at the Who'll line be drive. Left? Jordan Walker? Walker. No, he'll be in right. Lars? Yeah. They'll put Tommy Car- Edmonds. Carpenter gets off the turf. It's actually grass, but it doesn't matter. Goes out to cut the throw, and he throws it to home, and it's a two-hopper to Contreras. They're going to just say, don't go... Let Mason Wynn have all the cuts. <laughs> he's got a, He's got an arm. I don't man. care if Mason it's Wynn, right whoo. down the left field line, hugging the line. Mason Wynn, you go get the cut. Could you line. have a bigger differential in arm strength <laughs> between a shortstop and a third baseman? It'd be like facing a fastball and a changeup. That's what Goldie would have to face every game if those two were on the left side. Mm. we got to take a break before it hits yeah, four. Yeah, we do. we got Nato still, too. Oh, anyways. we just hit four. All right. We'll talk. We actually will this time. I said it in the last break. We will actually talk more <laughs> Illinois Penn State on the other side of this. Here from Stay Brad, with us. too. Yeah, and Brad Underwood and Ty Rogers as well. Stick with us. It is The Drive.